0: Right after Jesus was baptized, he was called out into the wilderness. And so this morning, we're going to look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Matthew 3. There are also Bibles in the pews in front of you, and you can use one of those. We're going to look at the start of Jesus' public ministry. Now, God has a calling for each and every one of us. It may not be to be a pastor or a missionary in another country or to to lead in the, the band or sing in a choir. Maybe it is. But we know that God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. Now, this morning's sermon is a little bit different than most. I told my wife earlier this week, I said, this upcoming sermon is going to be a little bit different than most. And and she didn't mean it this way, but she said, oh, so it's going to be good. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't quite get it that way at the time. But Matthew 3, this is the public ministry being started of Jesus. Okay, Matthew chapter 3, we're going to go verses 1 through 6. Then we're gonna jump ahead to verses 13 through 17. In those days, John the Baptist came. He was preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And he would say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. Now, he's taking us back 700 years to the prophet Isaiah who said this, and it was coming to fruition. A voice of one is calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight and level paths for him. John the Baptist, his clothes were made of camel's hair. He had a leather belt wrapped around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to hear from all Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by John, by him in the Jordan River. Now we're going to jump ahead to verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Why do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting with him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my God whom I love, with him I am well pleased. This morning's message is more of a narrative. It's based on what we read from scripture, but also some of my own reflection on what that would have been like to see all of this going on. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we thank you for the claim and the calling that you have placed on each of us and for the ways in which you are pouring down your love. May we respond to that love in a way that is faithful and obedient. Open up our hearts, our eyes, our ears to what it is that you want to teach us this morning. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, he was standing in the narrow doorway of the carpenter's shop in Nazareth. It was the stillness of the morning, and yet Jesus was already at work. Hammer and chisel in hand, Jesus worked the wood. Jesus had gained a stellar reputation as a fine craftsman and an honest carpenter. People were in awe of the things that he created. His brothers were out this morning delivering some newly crafted furniture, and Jesus was alone in the family owned carpentry shop. This had been Jesus, Joseph's building uh, business, rather. This had been Joseph's build, business before he died, and now Jesus and his brothers were running the shop. And on this morning, seemingly all was quiet in this small carpenter's shop. Uh, Jesus walked over to a large table on which he was making a chair, but in the, the quiet of the moment, there was some hustle and bustle from the narrow alleyway outside. This crashing crescendo of humanity Bursting towards the door, the stoned alleyway outside with the, 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 the traffic on, going on as people were rushing past. Jesus, Jesus! Somebody yelled as Jesus was standing in the carpenter shop. Jesus immediately recognized the voice of one of his friends. His friend was rushing by, whoosh-papped the carpenter's shop, didn't slow down as he ran by. Jesus, we're going down to the river tonight. We're going to see the baptizer. Come with us. We're going to go get more people. Then we're going to go down to the Jordan. We're going to see the baptizer. And at that moment, at that moment, Jesus knew. Jesus knew. He had waited all of his life for this moment. And now he knew. He turned back into the carpenter's shop, and he laid down his hammer and his chisel for what he knew would be the very last time. Jesus walked towards the back of the room where there was a curtain doorway blocking off another room. This is where the family lived. He could hear his mother working and he could smell the bread baking. And Jesus knew that he was about to break her heart. She was standing at the table with her back to Jesus and he walked in and put his arm around her. It caught her by surprise. Oh, oh, Jesus, why, why must you scare me like that? Jesus didn't say a word and she too realized that now was the time. When do you have to leave? She asked her son as tears started to stream down her cheek. Right now, mom, right now. Do you have time for me to prepare a meal for you? And Jesus simply said no. Jesus walked into this room In the corner was his bedroll on the floor. He rolled it up along with some string, a few personal belongings, and then he took his robe, which was hanging on a hook on the wall, and he folded it up. His mother was wrapping up some bread to send with her son. Jesus had spent most of his life in this home, and he wasn't exactly sure of the fate that awaited him, but he knew that things were no longer the same. Jesus stepped outside on a crisp, clear morning, and dried leaves were crackling across the stone pathway beneath his feet. There was a, a large gathering of his friends, people in front of the shop, and everyone was talking about the baptizer. The baptizer. Wow, what an interesting character he was. Even the title of baptizer was not very common. It's a, a Greek word that means the one who cleanses. Jesus knew John, they actually were cousins. John's mother Elizabeth was the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Jesus and John had played together when they were children. They were only six months apart. But lately, word has it that John had moved into the desert, basically becoming a hermit. He started to baptize people, calling them to repent. He was the son of an elderly priest, and John dressed funny. Were camel's hair clothing that was turned inside out, prickly and itchy, but, but John didn't seem to mind. He ate locusts and he ate honey, odd things on this menu to say the least. He would eat things that other people wouldn't even want to touch. He had a leather belt wrapped around his waist and he lived in a remote part of the wilderness where people would make fun of him. Oh, but my goodness, when John went down to the Jordan River, large crowds would form. He was sort of a recluse. He didn't seek crowds, but somehow they were attracted by what he had to say. My goodness, John preached like no one else. He seemed to have this divine power that riveted all of those who saw him. Entire villages would flock down to the Jordan River to hear what he had to say. Some people truly did earnestly want to hear what he had to say. Others were religious leaders that just heard about the the, the goings-on and they wanted to see what was going on. They wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Behold, the kingdom of God is drawing near, John would proclaim. You see, the Jews were in the grips of the most heathen of rulers, the, the Roman Empire. They longed to see God to restore the freedom and the power that they once had enjoyed. John would preach about the coming of the Messiah, The Messiah, that's an interesting word. It means in Hebrew, the anointed one. The Greek word for Messiah is Christ. You see, for centuries, Jewish prophets foretold of the time when God would send a Messiah to save his people. And now John was continuing this theme. John, he would preach as one with authority. People could hear the authenticity, or so it seemed, in what he had to say. And so jesus and his friends would hear john's message about the messiah and they would recall the words of the prophet isaiah spoken 700 years earlier a voice in the wilderness preparing a way for the lord preparing the way for the lord what does god want from us someone would ask john as he was preaching Don had preached this theme many times before. You, you, you know what God wants from you. You, you have two blankets in your home, and yet there's someone over here with none. You, you have extra food in your house, and yet there are children over here that have none. You, you Roman soldier, you have a job to do, so do it, but don't use your power to oppress others. You know what God wants. You're just not doing it. You, you tax collector, you cheat your own people, all in the name of making money. Do your job, but be honest. That's the message that John would preach. Many of the religious leaders would, would come or simply to mock him, to make fun of what he had to say. And John even could sense their arrival. He would often step up in mid-sentence and he would shout, you brood of vipers, who called you to this place? You come here to mock the word of God? John would get angry when people would seemingly be going through the motions, being baptized without having a change of heart. He would call people to repent of their sins. To to repent simply means to turn away. To turn from former decisions to godly character. To turn from former decisions to godly character. To turn away from selfishness and turn towards righteousness. And one by one, sometimes in droves, they would walk into the river where John would baptize them. He would ask them to confess their sins to God Almighty, to repent and to be baptized. People often ask, John, are you the Messiah that the prophets have spoken about? Me, the the Messiah? No, don't be crazy, he would say. But you know what? The Messiah is coming soon, and when he comes, I won't even be fit to unbuckle his sandals. Meanwhile, moving towards the Jordan River, this caravan of people shouting, Jesus, Jesus, come on, his friends would exclaim. Uh, No one seemed to notice that that he was falling behind, that he was lagging a little bit more slowly than everybody else. They they, they headed south from Nazareth, but then shifted east to avoid the area known as Samaria. You see, that was considered unclean, and no no, um, self-respected Jew would step foot in Samaria, so they went around to try to avoid that region. They would travel east and then they would cut across a narrow part of the Jordan River, then cut south in the direction of the Dead Sea. The habitation around them quickly went from lush and green to brown and lifeless. In this neck of the woods, the Jordan River was nothing more than a gentle trickling stream. Oh, it would get wider and deeper as they made their way down south to where the baptizer was today. As they made their way along the east bank of the Jordan River, you could see the large crowd that had started to form. Jesus and his friends pushed their way through the masses trying to get a better look. They could hear John preaching, but they had to get closer in order to specifically hear what he had to say. And as they pressed closer to the banks of the Jordan, people were streaming into that waist-deep water waiting to be baptized by John. Many of his friends did notice that Jesus was slowly making his way in the water toward John. After waiting several steps in the water, Jesus stood face to face with John. John looked up, almost startled to see his cousin standing there. And as John looked into the eyes of Jesus, he too, he too knew. John said humbly to Jesus, Jesus, you should be baptizing me. I am not fit to baptize you. But Jesus looked at John and quietly said to John, I am fulfilling God's call. This is your call. Baptize me. Reluctant at first, John immersed Jesus in the cool, and murky waters of the Jordan River. Jesus came up out of the water the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove." Why, why a dove? Well to the Jewish people a dove symbolized peace but also when Jews would go to the temple to make a sacrifice to to atone for their sins they would often take a, a lamb or a goat but you see for those poor families who couldn't afford a goat or a lamb the dove was the cheapest of the animals to sacrifice. A dove was the means of sacrifice for the lowliest of people, bringing about access to forgiveness for those who could least afford it. And the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descended upon this gathering. The voice of God spoke to Jesus saying, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus inaugurated his public ministry by stepping into the place of sinners with our guilt and our shame upon his shoulders as he went into the depths of the Jordan. Jesus was confessing sin on behalf of all people. He was endorsing John's ministry of baptism and Jesus was identifying with those who were repenting, setting an example for his followers. He was foreshadowing his death, his burial, and then his resurrection and Jesus was announcing the beginning of his ministry on earth. Jesus looked at John, who recognized the gravity of that moment. John too, you could say, had been waiting all his life for this moment. As Jesus walked to the banks of the river, the the hem of his robe was dragging along the wet, muddy ground. He made his way onto the shore and people didn't realize what was taking place. As the masses just continued to be baptized by John. And with this, the public ministry of Jesus began. Jesus was obedient to that call of God, and the world would never, ever, ever be the same. And thanks to the ministry and the sacrifice of Jesus, God doesn't want you or me to be the same either. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your calling upon us, that through us you want to see lives impacted and eternities changed. Lord, we thank you for the gospel, that word that means the good news, that Jesus came, that he was crucified and he was resurrected to pay the penalty for our sin. And Lord, you love us so much that you don't want us to be without a relationship with you. Pray, Lord, that we can look for the ways in which you are working in our lives, the ways in which you're calling out to to mercy and kindness, patience and tenderness, that you're calling us to repent, to turn away from those things of sin, to turn toward the light of Jesus Christ. If there are folks in here this morning who don't know of the sacrifice that Jesus made and the amazing love that you have for us, We ask that your Holy Spirit, coupled with our actions and our attitudes towards them, will will point towards Christ. May the rest of us live our lives as one pursuing things, not of this world, but things of God. We love you so much, Lord, and we thank you so much for so much loving us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.